Good morning and welcome to the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pontionsprachschule.de. Good morning. We're sitting in the park at Rosengärtchen and with us this morning is Matthew Wood. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Who uh, has been studying Japanology at Durham University in the UK. Yep. So. All right, Matt. Good to see you. Good to see you too. This is the second time I've seen you since I... Well, when was the last time you were in Germany? It was at the supermarket, yeah. yeah. And I was actually surprised to see my good friend with a strange young man on her <laughs> side. You know, it's like, oh, this is your son. Okay, so uh, you also attended FIS, That's Frankfurt right. International School. And uh, is that what made you kind of like go to Japan? I mean, you know, living in this international community. Yeah. How, what got you first interested in going to Japan? Or well, first got interested in Japanese um, when I was starting in high school in about ninth grade mm-hmm. and I joined the varsity football team and I had some Japanese friends who were on the team and because we were in the same age group when we went away for trips I found myself housing with them a lot Okay. and through them I built up a really good friendship and we're still very good friends to this day and mm-hmm. he started to introduce me to Japanese music mm-hmm. and I really... I um, really liked Japanese music at that time, still do some things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after listening to it for a while I started wondering to myself what they were singing about, and because it was all in Japanese I obviously didn't understand it, so mm-hmm. I started to teach myself Japanese um, in high school with the help of some of my friends, mm-hmm. and then from there I started getting interested in Japanese movies, so those of Kurosawa mm-hmm. and Ozu, and then after that became more interested in the culture and the Japanese history and things just snowballed and I decided I'm not too much good at anything else in school so I may as well study Japanese. <laughs> okay, so and for that you went to England? I went to England. After yeah. you graduated from high school? Yep. And what is the usual way of studying Japanology? I mean, how many years does it take, or what does it require? Okay, well, my course is a four-year course. Mm -hmm. It was a four-year course in Durham University in England. Um, In the first year, you'd get up to scratch and learn the basic phrases, um, just enough so you could get by in the language if you met someone Japanese. And then the second year, we were sent to Japan, Mm -hmm. all of my class, for one year. Um, exchange program mm-hmm. and there we were really thrown into the language so we had to use all of our skills that we had learned in first year um, and I ended up staying in a Japanese dormitory with Japanese people which really helped my Japanese because I had to speak Japanese mm-hmm. whole, the whole time because not many people spoke English and then after that we had third and fourth year just back in England improving our skills um, improving our Japanese to a level which would be the equivalent of Niku mm-hmm. today. Yeah, level two, yeah. Level two in the Japanese proficiency test. Okay. Yeah. And with that kind of study program, is it only focused then on the language, or does it include, you know, doing business with Japanese? Mm-hmm. I mean, the pra- when I say the practical side, yeah. but does it include anything else, or just the language and the culture? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's not just the language. So since first year, we've been doing courses in East Asian traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and other East Asian studies because in our department it's comprised of people who are studying Japanese and Chinese so in first year everyone in the department learns a little bit about Japanese um, history and culture and Chinese history and culture Mm -hmm. and then when we came back from Japan (coughs) we had to take we were allowed to take modules such as business Japanese Mm -hmm. um, Japan at war modern Japanese history East Asian political thoughts 
Um, and okay, so that's a nice program. And I would assume, did you stay in Tokyo? I mean, this is what everybody else always asked me when I told them I lived in Japan. Oh, yeah. so you lived in Tokyo? No. In the three years that I lived in Japan, I never even made it up to Tokyo. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. So I just saw it on TV, and that was good enough for me. Oh, okay. Well, luckily enough, I was able to live in Tokyo for the one year, uh -huh. and it was amazing. It was really, excuse me, probably one of the best experiences I've had so far, going, traveling abroad. Mm -hmm. um, because in Tokyo you have... Are you talking about the Rapongi district? Rapongi, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But you have you have all the technology which is a part of Tokyo. You have the bright lights, you have the flashing lights, and all things like that. Whereas, in the midst of all this, you can still visit a temple, you can visit a shrine, mm -hmm. and have the cultural side. And the way that it's integrated into modern life, I think, is fantastic. They haven't forgotten where they're from yeah, or who see. they are. So. Yeah, see, in our case, we lived in a fairly small Japanese town, just mm -hmm. the number of, you know, one million in population, yeah. Kitakyushu. But we lived way out there on the outskirts, and we were surrounded by fishermen and, I would say, the real Japanese. You know, yeah. you would see them go down to the market in the morning with a little backpack, you yeah, know, yeah. and and I thought that was much better. Then again, at that time, we already had a kid. We were not, yeah, you know, okay. 20 years old, ready for the <laughs> neon lights of Tokyo. Yeah. But uh, I preferred that. So. Yeah, I have to say, I have traveled from the very north all the way to the very south mm -hmm. of Honshu, which is the main island in Japan, and... Sometimes, because I grew up in Oba Ursula as well, it's quite a rural place, yeah. out in the sticks a little bit, so for me, sometimes just getting away from Tokyo is really important as well. Yeah. And we went up to, especially in the north, mm -hmm. places where it's just wilderness and the lakes up there, and yeah, yeah, that, I have really fond memories of that as well. Yeah, we went up to Wakanai, which is the most northern tip of Japan, yeah. you know, and on a good day you can see the island of Rebun, which is part of Russia too yeah. and we also flew down to Taketomi Island which is you have to fly to oh gosh what's it called Okinawa mm -hmm. and then you fly to I think Ishigaki Island and then you have to take the boat to Taketomi and this island was populated like with 200 people wow. so we were a rarity uh, yeah but uh, it was wonderful down there yeah. so I we that was our goal because we had met so many foreigners, when they lived in Japan, they would end up going to the Philippines, to Guam, yeah. to Seoul for shopping, yeah. but they didn't really vacation in Japan because it was, well, expensive compared to exactly. traveling out of the country, you know, uh -huh. so, but we said, no, while we're in Japan, we might as well see the country, yeah. and the food I really love, too, in Japan, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. big fan of the food, well, I had to do, you know, homemade meals yeah. in a family. I mean, no dormitory or no cafeteria oh, okay. lunch. Uh -huh. So you learn to survive. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, how will you continue? So you just graduated with yeah. a degree in Japanology, yeah. and what's your next step? Um, well, just a couple of days ago, I got a job in Japan, um, teaching English and possibly German. Mm -hmm. in three high schools in the Yokohama region, oh, okay. which is in Kanagawa, which is quite close to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll be going to Japan on August the 14th. August 14th, okay. So it's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. And how long is your contract? It's just provisional um, one academic year, mm -hmm. so it will be until April, however, if how do you say in English? Um, if I put in a lot of effort, right. then it will be extended 
mm-hmm. as long as they want to keep me. And there have been some people who are on the program, the Interact program, mm-hmm. for 12 years now. So yeah, so it must be a pretty good program. If yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's different in the JET program in the fact that the JET program wants to get people to Japan and then want them to leave again. Right. After It was after three years, but now it's been increased to five years. You can oh, stay with the JET. Oh, yeah, because when we were in the JET program, it was three years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they just increased it recently, but there's still the onus on getting people back out of Japan. Mm-hmm. Whereas the um, Interact, it's more they hire people, foreigners who are already in Japan. So I was quite lucky to get oh, yeah. the job, and they want to keep them there and build them up and you know integrate them into Japanese life. So, so when you look at high schools, does uh-huh. it mean it's also related then to the government? I mean. Yeah. So it's not just like any English school that advertises out of the country, and no. so it's it's yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah. The jet program back then used to be you know, pretty useful for us. I mean, but I have yeah. to say we only went there with the intention of staying for one year, mm-hmm. and then in March when they asked us whether we wanted to renew, of course mm-hmm. we said yes. But when the summer came, yeah. I, <laughs> I I hated myself for having said yes. Can you imagine why? Yeah, down south, it must be pretty bad. Oh, Gosh, very it was humid. very humid. Yeah. I mean, you wake up in the morning at 6.30 and the sweat is running down the back of your knees. And it's like, <laughs> I told my husband then, John, remind me next year, March, not to say yes again. <laughs> of course, March came around, beautiful season, everything's dry and Hanami is moving in from the yeah. south. Um, and of course, we said yes again. <laughs> so, it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah, the summers were just, I mean, yeah, yeah I have to say, they're awful. Awful with, without air conditioning, which we didn't have, because we lived mm. in very old teachers' housing. Yeah. We had one fan, and uh, mm, it, was, it was tough. I can imagine that without mm. air conditioning must have been yeah. Really dreadful. Yeah, on Sundays, like, you know, towns would be rather dead around that area, because mm. everybody was inside in this one air-conditioned room, which we didn't have, so we would end up going shopping, just yeah. take the bus to the shopping arcade and then stick around with the air conditioner. <laughs> so basically every Sunday from 12 to 6, we would go shopping just for the air conditioner. Wow. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you have to help yourself somehow. Yep. Times have changed a little bit, so mm-hmm. I think everywhere you go now in Japan, you can find air conditioning. Yeah, but that, that part was called Wakamatsu, which, like I said, was a former fishing village. Mm. And we had to, you know, I had to walk down the hill, take the bus to the ferry, then take the ferry across Dokai Bay. <laughs> I arrived at Tobata, had to walk to Tobata Eki, take the train into Kokura just to get to work sometimes. Jeez. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then, on the other hand, you know, you have that fully automatic stuff in downtown. Yep. I saw those. Well, that's why they call Japan the country or land of contradictions. Yep. Still it present. Really I mean, then again, well, I left 15 years ago, but you can still 12 find years that ago. Kind of stuff, yeah. It's, yeah, it's still like that. I think that's what appeals uh, to me about it, the fact that you have on the one side the super high tech of Japan, mm-hmm. And then you still have, you know, almost the traditional side of Japan, which hasn't changed in a very long time. The farmers still working the rice paddies, right? Fishermen, stuff like that. Of course, there these people in every country, but I don't know. It just seems more. What's the word? Maybe a bit more poignant in Japan right. because of the massive contradiction in the fact yes. that they are such a highly advanced um, country, technology-wise, and yet you still have these people living. You know, in a traditional sense. Right. That's quite good. Yeah. So, and at this point in your life, of course, you probably just think, I mean, how old are you now? 
22. You're going over there just thinking, I'm just going to play it by ear, maybe I'll stick around for one year, or do you have any ideas like, well, I would like to stay there for three or four or five years if I like it? Or yeah. um, I've lived there now for over a year, over a year mm -hmm. in, in total, I think. If things work out this year, I'll be there for life, I think, possibly. Oh, possibly. So you contemplate that, no? Yeah, I mean, that's the plan right now. If When I'm over there, it's not just to work, it's to improve my Japanese mm -hmm. to level one mm -hmm. in the proficiency, which means I'll be able, well, I'll be certified as a native Japanese speaker. Right, you could enter university with that? Yep, yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah. I could. Um, and then uh, we'll have some contacts over there, and mm -hmm. they say once you get to the top level, we can see how things work out. Well, see, you sound like me in that respect. I mean, because either you love it or you hate it. Yeah. So, because I met a lot of foreigners, they just couldn't wait to get out of Japan mm -hmm. because they just felt frustrated or they didn't want to learn the language. And I've always said, life in Japan, those three years were the best years of my life. Yeah? Yes. So, yeah. Like, that's why I say, either you love it or you hate it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it comes from my international background in this, mm -hmm. in this school as well. I mean, if I had just come straight from England, mm -hmm. something like that, and I hadn't left England in um, all my life, I think culturally it would have been much harder to adapt to mm -hmm. Japan, and maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Whereas in Frankfurt, international school, I've come into contact with lots of Japanese people, people of different cultures. So mm -hmm. I was prepared for whatever they had to throw at me. Yeah, well, that, that kind of makes me think you are also a third culture kid, right? Yeah. What is your nationality then? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I mean, oh, my passport says I'm British, but okay. I've lived in Germany most of my life, so... Yeah, and your German is fluent, as I could, <laughs> can tell from yeah, earliest. Yes, it's pretty good. So, you are a third culture kid. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think that gave you or gives you any benefit? Like, I mean, one you pointed out, had you come straight from Britain, you never mm -hmm. lived someplace else, you might not have enjoyed Japan as much. Yeah. And can you think of some other benefits or like, how will that influence your life? I mean, now you're an adult, you're an adult, TCK, that's <laughs> what they call it. Yeah. Um, so you even contemplate maybe staying there for a long, long time? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I will. But, um, yeah, getting back to that. Um, I think just wherever you go, you're going to come into contact with people from all over the world because I mean, globalization now everywhere is traveling all over the world. There's not many people who just stay in one country for their whole life. And by going to an international school and coming into contact with all these cultures, I know how to conduct myself better. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, well, not everything of course, but I know some taboos in some cultures, mm -hmm. some things to do, some things not to do, ways to behave, ways to interact. And I also think that going to one to an international school um, is always a talking point because you know, you can always relate to some story you've heard from someone in the school from a different place, a different culture, and then you can find a way to bring that up. Mm -hmm. And it's always a good good starting point when you're going abroad. That's true, that's true. You have a lot more to say or bits of knowledge from some former friends or chances to visit people. I mean, I've had yeah. students, they said, you know, like a Korean girl, she was invited 
to her friend's house in South Africa during the winter holidays, you know, for three weeks, you yeah. know. And it's like, well, these chances, uh, local kids don't really get that much. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, it certainly opens doors to travel all around the world. Mm -hmm. You can make those friends and you stay in contact with them, then right. you have a free pass to, to travel, pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah, and like my son, I mean, he also attends FIS, of course. Mm -hmm. He's been studying Chinese privately yeah. with, a, with a private teacher, not on his own, uh -huh. since he's since he was nine years old. Wow. Yeah, that also comes from attending an international school, mm -hmm. being open-minded or or not saying, oh, I'm not going to learn that. Exactly. It's like basically at the school, they teach you, you can do anything you want to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think, gosh, stop teaching that because, <laughs> you know, as a parent, I have to deal with it. Yeah. You know? Kids getting smarter than their parents. Yes, are. they get so argumentative. They don't take no for an answer. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of like the negative way of putting it, but yeah. they don't... No, it has to be explored and the units of inquiry and, you know, exactly. all that good stuff. Yeah, knowledge is king, so... Right, knowledge yeah. is power. Exactly. Going yeah. to the school, you get a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Must have a lot of power as well, I suppose, later in life. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so, and, um, so as far as your adult life, could you imagine... I mean, your parents didn't really move around that much because you stayed Not for 15 years in the same place in Germany. Yeah. yeah. But you know other... I want to say kids like you, other, mm -hmm. others in your situation, they have been traveling around, like, you know, moving the post every three or four years. Could you imagine doing this? I mean, having a family and, and working for, let's say, a Japanese company and getting sent to London and back to the main office, then to Moscow. I mean, like what you have seen in your former friends' mm -hmm. lives, or, you know. It would really depend on if I had a family or not, and children. Mm -hmm. I think if I had children at that time, it would be very hard for me to do that. And what's one of the things I'm contemplating now is working in a Japanese company. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to take up a lot of time. It's true. Because I have a friend now who's <coughs> CEO of a company and he works from about 8 in the morning until about 12 o'clock at night. That's the usual. So, other yeah. than the weekends, and sometimes not even on the weekends, he doesn't have time to see his parents, his family, his friends. So mm -hmm. I think if I was working in a Japanese company, it'd you would have to marry a Japanese woman. She's the only one who could understand exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> but even if even if that did happen, to have kids and to bring them up in that environment, I think I'm not sure it would be entirely fair because the children would just be raised by the mother. Mm -hmm. I think you can see now there's a lot of social social phenomenon which is happening in Japan. Really? Can you yeah. tell me? Like the hikikomori, which are children that just stay in their own rooms. And oh yeah, I've read about yeah. that, yeah. It's, it seems that... A lot of people are afflicted by that. It's mostly yeah. boys, though, I've that's heard. That's right, that's right. Um, Middle-aged middle -aged boys. Mm -hmm. so from teenagers until their 30s. And a lot of the blame is being placed on the fact that the mothers don't want to scold the sons because their fathers aren't around to do right. that. So this you know, the kids have free room, so to speak, around the house, and they just lock themselves in the room, don't want to come out either, you know, because there's no strong fatherly influence there, or they're not doing well in school, and have no one to talk about it mm. to, so they just seclude themselves in their own rooms and hide away. And furthermore, I mean, there's a lot of problems with juvenile delinquency in Japan now, hmm. um, so, you know, crime, so that's going up? Oh, yeah. yeah. What about the suicide rate that always has been the highest among the teenage yeah, it's, kids? It's quite bad as well. Um, yeah, while we were there, we had some kids too who jumped out of the window. Yeah. 
And uh, throw themselves <coughs> into pain. Yeah. Um, again, I think that for the kids, for youth suicide, I think the blame really has to be laid at the feet of the education system. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, they expect too much from kids at a young age. And the one thing that motivates a lot of children to study hard is to get into these so-called top-level universities, mm -hmm. such as Tokyo, Kyoto. Mm -hmm. Waseda. Waseda. Yeah. yeah. Kyo. Those places. And to get into there, you need to pass entrance exams. Um, and to pass those entrance exams, you really have to study. Day and night. I know. Cram school business really benefits exactly. from that, just like exactly. the rest of Asia, yeah. And the fact that you can't learn enough in school, you have to go to school after school. These cram schools, so they're called. I mean, I you know, that's... that's I know, but then they usually sleep in the public schools because sometimes I have a new student mm -hmm. and uh, they would tell me that, you know, Mr. Shoebottom scolded them for sleeping in the ESL. I said, well, you know, this is Germany. <laughs> it's not Japan or Korea where you go to, basically, yeah. you go to public school to sleep. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, furthermore, starting from primary school, going through to middle school and high school, it's all... Again, a prestige thing. If you go to a prestigious elementary school or middle school or high school, mm -hmm. later on you'll have, you know, say if I went to a prestigious elementary school, I'd have a better chance of going to a prestigious middle school. Which I is, hope, yeah. You know, and then right. that would give me a better chance of getting into a prestigious university. I heard it starts as early as coming from a prestigious kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, because then if you continue on that ladder, so to speak, you will also get a prestigious husband at the end of graduating from a prestigious university. Yep. So it's yeah, following that ladder. And what about, you know, that what's the word for death from overwork? Oh, geez, put me on the spot. I can't uh, remember. Hattori Sattori uh, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't remember. But, but yeah, it does occur in Japan, doesn't it? I mean mm. the fact that they have a word for this death death by overworking I mean, that kinda indicates something about the culture as well. If you're introducing such words into your lexicon, then right. you know, obviously there's a problem there which needs to be looked at. I think it came out in the early 90s, just when yeah. we were there. Yeah. So, around that time, because there was one word that I learned, it's like, death from overwork, what is that? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, oh, I've heard of sports injuries and everything <laughs> else, but, you know. Yeah. So. Well, thankfully I haven't had to use that one yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> <coughs> Mm. Yeah, so I think there are, you know, a number of problems in Japanese society, but it's just the way Japanese society is, and that's something you're going to have to accept that there's problems in every society. Yeah, of course, know? of course. It's just, you know, the things that stick out, of course, those are the ones that we end up talking about. Yeah. Things that are the same or that don't, you know, touch us. Um, yeah, I just remember that what you said about kids locking themselves into the room. Yeah. Do you think that happens mostly to firstborn sons? or uh, Because, you know, there's yeah. also this phenomenon about, you know, the, yeah. the pressure, the obligation that's on firstborn sons. And, exactly. And then, plus the fact is, I've talked to some of the pretty Japanese girls, and they mm. told me, whenever they meet a nice, attractive young man, one of the first questions is, you know, not only what's your name and yeah. where did you graduate from, yeah. but are you a firstborn son? <laughs> Can you explain what this means? <laughs> well, in Japan, the firstborn son is the one who inherits the house, supposedly, and after the daddy retires or dies, um, there's a lot of pressure on him to... And his wife. And his wife. 
to um, you know uphold the family name because there's a lot of um, a very big part of Japanese culture is about losing face and not bringing shame upon oneself or the one's family name. So in order not to bring shame on the family name, the firstborn son, when he inherits the family name, so to speak, he's the one who has to really get a good job and make sure everything's going well for everyone in his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he becomes the father of the house pretty soon. And he has to make sure he gets a good wife okay. who's on good terms with the in-laws and that she will take care of the parents when they're aging and she gets to do all that. So. I think it's equal responsibility because yeah. women nowadays has that changed a little bit because I know the yeah. Japanese girls are getting a bit more free spirited or they don't want to fall under this. So, yeah. but they don't have a need for a nursing home yet, do they? In Japan, I, I was wondering um, about that because they're building more and more around here. Yeah, I've seen so that. you know, I mean, it's like problem, every little town starts to have one. Yeah. Um, what about care for the elderly in Japan? I mean really not too sure about the nursing homes. I mean, it's still expected that you will look after either your in-laws or, okay. your own, or your own parents later in life. And a lot of um, people will still have their parents live with them, especially in the countryside. In, in Tokyo, in the big cities, it's a lot harder because people live in very cramped conditions. Mm-hmm. So to have you know, both your parents living with you as well, in maybe a four-room house, it's, it's going to be very hard. So again, times are changing, which means that you know other factors are going to have to change with it. But in the countryside, where there's still quite large farmhouses or what mm-hmm. have you, then it would be expected that you'd look after your parents like that. However, okay. I, th- I assume things must be changing in the big cities. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, Max, it was very good talking to you. I mean, it's kind of like getting a little flashback of my own life in Japan. You know, it's always, I don't meet too many people that yeah. have lived in Japan or yeah. know as much as you do or maybe some tourists, but, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it's always good. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, now I remember again why I fell in love with Japan. <laughs> so, That's well, great. thanks for coming uh, thank today. Thank you very much. Okay, yes, thank you. And as a way of thank you, we've got here a present for you. Oh, the Monday podcast special guest <laughs> coffee cup. Thank you very much. That's great. Okay, limited edition just to our <laughs> special guest. <laughs> Thank you. And if you've got questions about what you've heard today or want to comment on it, then go to the forum on themondaypodcast.com forward slash forum and you can ask questions about life in Japan and see what we can answer. Matt, I've got an idea. Why yeah. don't you tell us in the forum what the Japanese word is for death from overwork? Because the listeners might be interested too, you I'll know. I'll find out when I go home. <laughs> yeah. I get my mom. And of course, I will go like, ah, oh, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's One on of the those tip of my tongue, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. And thanks. we'll be back next week with another podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye. This was the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pensionsprachschule.de. For more information, visit www.themondaypodcast.com. Responsible for the content, Graham Tappenden and Maria Shipley, 61440 Oberursel, Germany.